Well, this is going to be an interesting one because we all want to make more money in our businesses, don't we? But I do sometimes find that education business owners struggle with this mindset. So let's start there. Let me ask you, if you had a desire to be a millionaire through your business, would you feel comfortable saying it out loud? If so, why? And if not, why? Understanding how you feel about money will have a big impact on how much you can earn. I promise the two are very interlinked. For instance, if you feel guilty for wanting to be a millionaire or wouldn't feel comfortable saying it because you thought others might think you're greedy, we have a problem. Because that mindset will stop you from doing things like increasing your fees. You'll be held back by the limiting mindset that it somehow makes you care less about the people you work with or that you'll be perceived in a certain way by other people. But the minute you truly believe that you can want to earn really well from your business and you can care immensely about your clients at the same time, it will unlock a lot. So before you listen to the rest of this episode, where I'll be unpacking four ways you can make more money in your business, just check in with yourself and get yourself in the right mindset. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Now, I hope you're not like me and skipped past the start of this episode. And if you did have a listen, I also hope that you're in the right mindset and ready to take action that will help you make more money in your business. I'll just say two things before I start sharing my four tips. Firstly, there are lots of ways to boost your revenue and to find specific ways that will work for you and your business. You'll either have to do a lot of thinking or if you want to bounce some ideas around, you're always welcome to reach out to me. But today I'm going to share ideas that should give you that trigger to help you think of lots more ideas that you can mould to suit you and your business. Secondly, when you're generally thinking about making more money, it doesn't all have to be from your business. Now, that's not what this episode is about. Today, I will be focusing on your business, but I wanted to put it out there because diversifying your income, in my opinion, is a good thing. I think we all learnt a lot from COVID. And while I was lucky enough to be in a niche that thrived, tutoring that is, if I relied on my income as a musician, like so many of my friends do, I really would have been in trouble. Equally, when my tuition business is quiet over times like Christmas, being a musician more than makes up for it. So having different income streams within and or outside of your business, in my opinion, is wise. Right, so let's get started with my four ideas where we're going to focus on making more money in your business. I'm not going to talk about the obvious things like attracting more clients, but if you want more on that, at the end of the episode and in the show notes, I'll share some further episodes you can listen to to help you in those other areas. My first tip is to reduce your expenses. Ultimately, we're focused here on the bottom line. So sure, getting more clients, etc. can make us more money, but so can reducing how much we're spending. I thought of this because recently I helped one of my clients more than halve her expenses. 
all we did was we analysed what she was spending money on and it highlighted ways she could streamline it. And I found her some cheaper alternatives to some apps without compromising on the quality of how they worked. I did the same exercise with another client and she realised that she was paying for two apps that did very similar things. She also realised she was still paying for something she no longer used. So it can be really easy to sign up to things and forget about them. So every now and again, reviewing expenses is a really good idea. Now, this isn't the same as being frugal. It's about making sure you're spending on the right things. For example, I pay monthly for Zoho One, and that essentially gives me access to loads and loads of apps. One of them is a potential replacement for Calendly, and another is a potential replacement for Zoom. But I still pay for Calendly and Zoom because their functionality is better and more suited to what I need than the Zoho alternatives. But by signing up to Zoho One, I was able to cancel my social media scheduling platform and transfer my websites to Zoho Sites, which ultimately saved me money. And when I did this exercise for myself, it was really useful because I spent the saved money on a monthly business membership that I wanted to be a part of. And it just made it so much easier to justify because I had made room for it in my budget. And so when you're reducing your expenses, you might end up in a position where, like me, you actually end up spending the same amount of money every month because you've decided to spend the saved money on something else. But this can still help you make more money if you're investing in the right thing. This business membership helped me unlock areas of my business that does help me earn more. My second tip is to earn more money through what already exists in your business. When we're thinking of making more money, our mind often goes to launching something new or ways to attract more customers. But you might be surprised at how many opportunities you already have with what you have. The best thing I can do to trigger ideas is to tell you some real life examples because I know they work. Now, if you're a tutor, a coach or any kind of educator, chances are you have a bank of teaching and or learning resources that you have created. And there might lie an opportunity to sell them in some shape or form, as two of my clients recently discovered. Now, a common apprehension about this is, let's say someone buys a PDF resource from you. What if they forward it to other people or what if they copy it? Now, as with a lot of things, it's really hard to safeguard things like distribution. For instance, someone might buy a physical book and then they'll sell it on when they're done with it. The author doesn't make any money from that resale. But when you're selling digital products, it can be even harder because there are just simply more options. Even when you put things in place like password protection, they can be bypassed. But one way you can overcome this or at least reduce the chances of it happening is by using a learning management system or a system designed to host resources. I use a learning management system for this. For instance, that's where I host my 100 content prompts, as well as things like the recorded sessions for the Tutors Mastermind. And what this gives me is a better visibility over what actions are being taken. Also, most platforms will allow things like disabling the downloading of videos and copying and pasting text. So it's not completely watertight, but it does safeguard you somewhat. And it also makes the end-to-end -end selling process much easier and more professional. Now, I've just talked about selling resources, but you could even get paid for things like being a guest in someone else's business, sharing knowledge that you already share with your paying clients. You can also make affiliate income through things you're already doing. 
For instance, clients are always asking me for recommendations of apps and I help them with setting them up. So that's something I'm already doing. And because of that, I've signed up for some affiliate programs with these apps. I already use them. I already recommend them. So now I earn a passive income because I've recommended them. Now, I'll share one more idea just to give you a bit more variety. You could also look at the apps you use to see whether they present any opportunities. For instance, you might have email marketing set up. Could there be an opportunity to set up a paid email subscription? Without knowing your business, it's hard for me to come up with more ideas. So you can look at what you already have and just think about whether they present any opportunities to boost your revenue. My third tip is to set, track and monitor goals. This has been unbelievably powerful in my business and it's something I'm working on right now with four of my clients. In short, I have a spreadsheet where I record in detail all the different income generators in my business and I track how they're doing. And what this allows me to do is also set financial goals and play with the numbers to work out how I can get there. And it's really helped me earn more money in my business. I'll tell you why. One of the best things to come out of this is clarity. So one way I get a clear answer of how to achieve a financial goal is being able to compare how doing things like taking one more student affects my bottom line versus, say, someone hiring me for business mentoring. So I can compare the impact of different decisions, which then steers what kind of thing I need to do or what I need to be promoting through my marketing. It also makes achieving goals so much more doable. Before I started doing this, I had no idea just how much taking on one client impacted my revenue or how much of a difference different passive income streams make. Because in isolation, they don't feel like game changers. But when you put them together, they are. Now, if you're thinking of doing this, I would advise going into as much detail as possible. For instance, I don't just track how much I make through tuition. I break down how much I earn through my different price points, so to speak. I break down my expenses into different categories. And I do this because it allows me to make very specific decisions or improvements, which gives me more control over mapping my route to achieving financial goals. I recently said yes to one more student joining one of my group classes versus taking on a new one-to-one -one student, even though they would technically be paying more individually by the hour. Because when I played with those numbers on my spreadsheet, I had a very clear answer on what would make more sense. Now, I have to say that my decisions aren't just driven by money. What I want plays a part too. So I now teach three days a week and that was a really conscious decision. I used to teach five days a week. If I say yes to another one-to-one -one student, I would have to open up another day, which I don't want to do. So in this example, even if opening up another day would make me loads more money, I still wouldn't do it because money isn't the only driving force for my decisions. And on that note, I would encourage you to check in with yourself with what matters to you outside of money too. I'm not saying you should feel bad if you're driven by money. Not at all. We should be unapologetic about striving to be as profitable as possible. But if we don't have anything else that just adds a bit of colour, making decisions can be really hard. I remember having a difficult conversation with a client because she just couldn't decide which idea to go for in her business because each time she considered one, she thought, but what if the other one makes me more money? So we do need more than money to help us make decisions and to also remove that fear of, oh, well, what if I did do this? Would that have been more profitable? My fourth tip is to think about recurring income and longevity of client work. I'll approach this from different angles because there's a lot in this statement and I know some of you are tutors and some of you aren't. So I'll give you a few different ideas. 
Let's start with recurring income. One way I get recurring income is through a membership model. People pay monthly for the Tutors Mastermind. It leans into both the one-to-many model and the recurring income category. And if you want more on that, I've shared the link to my episode all about starting and growing memberships in the show notes. I also know a few tutors who offer memberships, so it can work for many different types of businesses. When it comes to tuition, though, another way I make more money in the long term is by working with students for many years. So I know that some people like to focus on exam students and once they've completed their exams, their working relationship ends. I prefer to create more long-term working relationships, which steers my decisions. So let's say I had to choose between saying yes to an exam student versus someone who's in a lower year group. I would choose the lower year group student, even though they would be paying me less by the hour, because in the long run, it's going to be more stable for my income because they'll work with me for longer. Now, to be honest, this is a bit of six and half a dozen of the other, because it really does depend on your situation. If, say, you work with just exam groups, but you have a huge waiting list, you know that you can easily replace anyone who stops working with you. So this really isn't a problem. Whereas if the continual turnover of students affects your stability, maybe it is worth considering ways to extend the time working with them. This concept of recurring income and longevity of client relationships can also apply to situations where you can't say yes to a client. Let's say you're fully booked or you don't have a time slot that suits them or they can't afford you right now. There might be things you can have in place as alternatives. You might even be able to create courses or resources that help people after they've stopped working with you. So there are a lot of ways to make money in your business and I've intentionally focused on talking about things that may not be obvious. But as promised, I have a list of further episodes you might want to listen to and I've popped all the links in the show notes. As I run through a quick summary, just in a second, I'll mention any episodes that might be relevant to what I've shared today. A quick summary of what I've talked about today is, number one, to start by reviewing your expenses and seeing whether you can streamline them. Remember, this isn't solely about saving money. It's about making sure you're spending money on the right things, things that actually help you make more money. For instance, investing in automating my onboarding of clients releases me from the admin, which allows me to do things that are income generators. If you want some ideas on how you might be able to streamline and automate, then take a listen to episode six. My second tip was to see how you can make more out of what you already have or what you're already doing. An obvious one for educators might be to sell resources, but as I shared, there might be lots of different opportunities to explore. If you want some different ideas of how to grow your tutoring business, then I also have the link to my free ebook, which will give you lots of other ideas. My third tip was to set and monitor goals. And this included always having an accurate and broken down financial snapshot of your business. It helps me in so many different ways. And the main thing is that it makes clear what I need to focus on promoting, for instance, in my business right now to meet a financial goal. And my fourth tip was to consider any recurring income models that might enhance your business offering. If you want a little bit more on launching and growing a membership, then take a listen to episode 61. I also talked about reviewing whether you can extend how long you work with clients for. This included ways to support clients who you can't work with right now or exploring how you can support them in other ways after they stop working with you. So I hope you found this useful and don't forget to check out the show notes for links to other episodes that will help you boost your revenue. 
On Wednesday, I'll be releasing my micro episode all about how we can approach business support by taking our own advice. Thank you as always for listening and I'd love it if you could leave a small review as it helps small podcasters like me reach more people. You'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.